Blog Talk Radio. Get ready for success. Leadership Strategies for Women is a show dedicated to providing practical and valuable strategies for emerging female leaders of today. It's your time to get inspired, motivated, and challenged to achieve your best. And now, here's leadership speaker and coach, Ellie Nieves. Hello, and welcome to Leadership Strategies for Women Radio. My name is Ellie Nieves, and I'm a women's leadership speaker, writer, and coach. I'm also the founder and president of Leadership Strategies for Women. I work with and speak for companies, organizations, and associations that want to develop their emerging leaders into effective managers and executives. I also coach women who want to achieve more both personally and professionally. Through my speaking and coaching programs, I help individuals and organizations to develop leadership skills and set strategic goals that will help them to achieve their vision for success. To learn more, please visit my website at leadershipstrategiesforwomen.com. Today, we're continuing with our Women in Leadership series, and we're interviewing attorney Karen Lim. Karen Lim is an associate at a New York City law firm that specializes in intellectual property and trademark, copyright, and design patent matters. Her practice focuses on U.S. and international trademark counseling, searching, filing, and maintenance, trademark policing and enforcement, and the preparation of agreements and licenses pertaining to intellectual property. Karen is also the co-chair of the Intellectual Property Committee of the Asian American Bar Association of New York and chair of the subcommittee for women of color for the Women in the Profession Committee of the New York City Bar Association. Karen, welcome to the show. Hi, Ellie. Thanks so much for having me. I'm delighted to be here today. Well, I'm really excited about having you on the show and I would love it if you can share a little bit about your background with our listeners. Um, well, I suppose the most salient fact about my um, legal career is that it's a second career for me. I had actually started out as a costume designer for theater and opera and did that for about seven years or so before I went to law school. So I that is so interesting. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yes, it's always a good you know party piece. <laughs> Um, So anyway, just to say that I did come to the legal career already with um, professional experience, albeit in a a different setting, but nonetheless I did find that um, very helpful actually when uh, navigating the legal profession. I have already had some sort of background before you entered the uh, the profession. Exactly, exactly. Not green. Right. (laughs) So what inspired you to become an attorney? Um, I think a couple things probably uh, in a nutshell. I found that I wanted to use my writing and verbal skills more. Um, I actually had been on the school debate team. I'd been, um, you know, a very interested writer um, in school, and I found that I wasn't using those skills as much as I wanted to in my design career. Um mm-hmm. And I also wanted to get more practical experience. Um, I felt that in the theater I was spending a lot of time in a, in a black box, basically, you know, looking at wonderful, imaginative, creative pieces on the stage, but 
I felt a little divorced from everyday life, and I didn't really like the way that was going. Um, I wanted to be someone who really understood the ins and outs of practical everyday transactions, and again, I think that that drew me to the law. Oh, wow, that's very interesting. I love that as a perfect example of how we can make career changes, even though, you know, we might be satisfied in one particular area of our career, but maybe we find that we're disengaged somehow and like would like to try something different, and this is such a wonderful example of that. Uh, thanks, Ellie. Yeah, I think that that's right. Um, you know, I think it's a mistake to think that when you've set your feet on a certain path that that's going to be a straight road. I think oftentimes people find that there are corners and kinks and unusual turns in the road that they may not have expected, but it makes it a more interesting journey. Yeah, and I and I love that because so many times I think we come out of the box with plans as to where we think we're going to go or what we think we should be doing at certain parts in our lives, but sometimes we step in one direction and it opens up a door that maybe we never even considered, and it might even lead us in a path or direction that we would never have thought we would have gone in had that door not opened for us. Yeah, I think so, and I think I heard someone say um, that the the quickest or the the straightest way to your goal is not always a, uh, a straight line, something like that. But that's certainly been true in my life. Yeah, that's great. I, w- I love that. So how would you describe your leadership style? Um, Probably more than anything, there's a term called a meta-leader. And a meta-leader refers to someone who isn't necessarily um, at the pinnacle or the top um, position in any given institution, but because this person is able to reach out across different organizations um, and different groups, that they, in a way, they they become a a, a linking point for right. disparate um, organizations or groups, and I think that's probably me more than any other style. That's wonderful, and that's just an important role because I think sometimes organizations may be working in the same or going in the same direction, but they're not aware that other groups are maybe working on the same direction as well or the same type of projects, but individuals with your leadership style help to bring those coalitions together, and sometimes you find that you can do more together as a group or as a coalition than you could have by yourself. Right, or at least, you know, opened up different perspectives, um, which feed back to your organization's mission. I do think that probably that style evolved for me because of the way that my career evolved, you know, which is to say that I had come from one very different arena of activity into another, and so it was just normal for me to try and find a way to connect my very different worlds. Um, I Mm -hmm. still keep in touch with people from my theater career, and, you know, for the last eight years I've been in the legal profession, so it was sort of very natural for me to try and find a way to link things that don't normally look like they belong together. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love that. That's great. Can you also share about the volunteer work that you do with the New York City Bar Association and also with the Asian Bar Association? I think it's a great segue from the question that we were just answering earlier because this is part of how you work as a leader, right, forming coalitions and bringing people together, and I think that these uh, associations have probably served as a catalyst for that as well. Um, Yeah, actually that's very true, Ali. I would say that, my bar association activity really began at the New York City Bar where I was a committee member of the Women in the Profession Committee. 
Um, and I would say that for about the first year or so that I was on the committee, I basically took a back seat and I was just trying to figure out how the committee worked. Um, and I, you know, chipped in here and there and helped out with different projects, but I wouldn't say that I took a leadership role. Um, but once I got a, a sense of how the committee did its work, I wanted to contribute more. Um, and the one thing that I thought I could contribute was to do this linking. Um, I, I was also involved with the Asian American Bar Association um, in their women's committee, and there was some talk about wouldn't it be great if the two committees could get together and do a joint event. Um, and that sort of grew, actually, into uh, something that was much bigger than that. Um, it was what we called the Bar Non Project, and it was getting the um, cooperation of women's committees and women's bar associations in New York City. Um, and there were eventually about 12 organizations that got together to collaborate on this project, which was a half-day symposium dedicated to women of color. And I believe it was the first time, or at least the first time in a long time, that there had been an event just targeted for women of color in the legal profession. So that was really the start of my becoming more involved in uh, the bar association committee and doing more than just a backseat role. And that's great. It just shows how your leadership style has impacted the lives of many other women because look at all the women that have benefited from having participated in those events. So. Thank well, you for, I hope for that they have been of benefit. Certainly, uh, we've had some very good feedback to our various events. So, um, you know, it's it's good to be able to contribute to the profession in more than just a billable sense. <laughs> That's great. So, how has participating in a professional association helped you personally and professionally? Um, I think it's actually, first of all, there's a wonderful sense of reward that comes from putting on an event. And having people come and really benefit from it and enjoy it, um, there's a wonderful sense of community that we're able to build. Uh, both w my work in the Asian American Bar Association and the New York City Bar, I've seen a community of people interested in uh, the topics that our committees are interested in, which is to say the Asian American Bar Association, the intellectual prop Asian American intellectual property community, and then with the New York City Bar, the, our women of color workshops. Um, that there is a, you know, really a sense of reward um, to to have helped to build those communities. First of all, um, second of all, I think it's personally rewarding because you get to exercise certain leadership um, and event planning and um, relationship building skills that you don't necessarily exercise directly in the workplace or that you're able to do it in uh, in a place outside of your workplace where you're able to then bring those skills back into your everyday workplace. Um, and there's a lot to be said for that because many times I think people feel there may be, um, especially emerging leaders, they tend to, you know, there's a hierarchy in the workplace and emerging leaders aren't necessarily at the top of that hierarchy, but you don't get to the top of that hierarchy unless you show that you're able to carry out the responsibilities and carry yourself as someone who's at the top of that hierarchy. And you may find those opportunities outside of the workplace, and you may exercise those skills outside of the workplace so that when you know, the time comes for you to bring those skills into the workplace, you're prepared. Great. That's great. I love that you draw that connection between what we're doing at work and also just having an external focus. I think it's important that you not just 
function in a silo with regard to your career and the organization that you work for, but that you also have a perspective that allows you to view the world outside of your workplace and looking to see how you can benefit from organizations, associations, relationships outside of your workplace and then bringing that back to the workplace to enhance your own professional development. Yeah, I think that that's actually a very important part of what we do um, in the legal profession. After all, um, it's a seamless community in a way. Um, you know, people in bar association committees will often meet colleagues um, who are maybe practicing in the same field or related fields. Um, they may be people that they bump against in the courthouse as adversaries. They may be people who they find on the other side of a transaction. And it's always really good to have built out a relationship outside of that so that there is already some mutual ground that you can meet on um, that you can bring to the adversarial or the transactional relationship. Um, you know, you're not starting out as complete strangers, and I think that that actually contributes in a very valuable way to um, the progress of the whatever matter or issue happens to be at hand. That's great. But what kind of obstacles have you had to overcome to get to where you are today in your profession? Um, well, I think the same as anybody else entering the legal profession, then there is a a code of conduct in the profession, um, and for me in, in law firms, that you don't necessarily know about coming from somewhere else. And it doesn't matter whether you're coming straight out of school or you're coming from a different profession. The fact is that there is a, a certain unwritten way in which, for me, law firms operate that you don't know about and, as they say, law school doesn't prepare you for. Um, and you have to figure out what that unwritten code is and be able to operate within it. Um, and I think that I'm probably not alone in facing this challenge. Um, and it, it's a considerable one because, it's, as I say, it's unwritten. Um, you have to pick up the clues. Uh, so one of the things that we try and do in our Women of Color workshops is to talk about these issues and open them up so that people come at it with, you know, an informed perspective. Great. So what are three leadership strategies that have helped you to succeed in your career? Um, well, let's see. I think one of them is to always be open to new and interesting possibilities. Um I think it's always good to have a plan of action, but it's always good to keep that plan of action flexible because as you you know, work towards realizing that plan, you might come across someone or an opportunity that you hadn't thought about before that could add so much to it, take it in a different and better direction. So I think being open to new ideas and new possibilities is very important, but being able to do that within a plan that has a, a forward-moving dynamic. So I guess it's trying to both, um, you know, have something that you can look forward with, but not to be quite so blinkered as to the direction in which you're going to be moving forward. I think that's an important skill to learn. Um, another is to learn to m collaborate with others in the, in the way that everyone is able to contribute um, their 
you know, their their specific or particular talent, um, and being able to create a harmonious whole out of that, um, which is a is a very important skill too, um, because it's important that all people working on a particular project feel that they're invested and that they're you know getting what they need out of doing that work um, and the third is I think you know to sort of lighten up and have some fun <laughs> with whatever it is that you're doing um, which is you know which is important especially when you're talking about volunteer work in a bar association um, it is voluntary work it, it is work um, there's no mistake about that, but you know everyone's sort of in it in an unca- unpaid capacity, and you've, there's got to be something you're getting out of it if you're going to keep putting in that time and putting in the effort. So, how do you attain work-life balance? I beg your pardon. Could you repeat that question? How do you attain work-life balance? Um, I think it's very hard. Uh, often, I don't feel that I have attained it. Um, there are you know, many occasions when I sort of think I've got to scale back, I've got to do less, I need to spend more time at home. Um, I think it's an ongoing struggle, and I really don't have a good answer to that one, Ellie. <laughs> and if anybody does, I would love to find out what it is. Um, there, there is a, you know, I, I think oftentimes I've heard people say, well, you sort of just take it from day to day, and I think there is a certain element of that. Um, but also, I'm trying very hard to not overcommit and not overextend. Um, it's difficult because as you get more involved in, you know, say bar association activities and people know about your work and they ask you to participate in something else or to bring your skills to a different project and, you know, you get involved in a community and people know about you and they start asking you to do more and more. Um, and it's difficult to turn around and say, no, I'm not going to do that. I, I just can't. But that's something that I'm learning to have to do because, um you know, I find at a certain point where I'm uncomfortably extended and I'm just not doing my best both in my day job and in, in my uh, bar association work. So it, it's not actually doing me any good, and I'm sure it's not doing anyone else any good. So um, saying no is important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. And there really has to be an appreciation for, um, obviously, you know, building your professional background by including outside activities, but at some point the work that you do on a day-to-day basis, the work that you get paid for, also takes precedence, and it does mean that you'll have to say no and balance the other outside activities, even though they are helpful and beneficial. Yeah, uh, exactly, and I, I do think that, you know, one of the keys, at least, that I found for myself in trying to get the support of your workplace in these outside activities is to show that your day job, your the work that you get paid for, is a priority, and that it's. Um, I mean, I hate to say this because it sounds, you know, like oh, you've got to work harder and you've got to play hard, but I think you've got to, you've got to show that whatever you're doing outside is in addition to and not instead of your mm-hmm. your uh, your paid work. So it is it is tough, but um, as I said, you know, there are wonderful rewards as well, and. Um, if anyone's in, inclined to take on the challenges, it's actually been a really fun and rewarding path. Mm-hmm. And Karen, what advice would you give to women who are looking to attain a leadership role? Um, step up. 
Um, right, Ellie? You've got that uh, program yeah. that says <laughs> uh, show up, speak up, and step up. Um, I think that's um, very true. You've got to – sometimes you've got to just stick your hand out and say, yes, I'll do that. You've got to stick your hand out and volunteer to do something. You may not necessarily – you know, have done something like that before, you may not feel like the most confident. It may be stepping into unknown territory. Uh, I think the key is to realize that almost everybody else in that room is probably feeling the same way. And mm-hmm. and that, you know, by putting up your hand and stepping up and taking on that responsibility, you're the one who's going to be learning how to do that. You're the one who's going to be showing um, that you're willing and that you can learn and that you can take on that leadership role. Um, it's frightening. It's it's a little bit like stepping into an unknown path, but I think the only way you're going to do it is to take that first step. Great. And Karen, what is uh, another one of your professional career goals? What's in the horizon for you? Um, I would like to um, be known as, as an expert um, in my field. Uh, I'd like to be you know, a resource uh, that people think about when they're recommending other people for uh, an attorney to help them in in my particular field, which is um, international and and domestic trademark work, um, and uh, you know it's it's important to to brush up those skills, to keep on top of what's going on, um, and to always consistently deliver work. That's wonderful, and clearly you're you're well on your way already. So congratulations, and obviously we we wish you a lot of success. And Karen, we really appreciate the time that you've taken today to share with all of our listeners and sharing your uh, leadership strategies for success. And we hope to uh, hear about your future successes. Well, thanks so much, Ellie. Um, you know, thanks for thinking of uh, interviewing me, and I'm happy to do this and happy to be on your show. And, uh, you know, good luck to you, too, in, in the very important work that you're doing in coaching emerging leaders. Thank you so much. And to all my listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. Don't forget to visit the newly relaunched Leadership Strategies for Women website page at leadershipstrategiesforwomen.com. Until next time, God bless.